Hi, everybody. My name is Charles. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team. I want to greet those of you who are in the room with me right now, and I want to ask you to help me welcome everybody who is joining us by videos. So help me welcome people with a round of applause. Those of you downtown, Fitchburg, Gospel Fusion, Tradition, keep going. Those of you who are watching online, and those of you who are listening to our podcast, everybody, welcome to Black Hawk Church. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Um, to the Chinese speakers, to the Spanish speakers, es un gusto de aquí con nosotros. Today we are starting a brand new sermon series, and uh, it's a big series. We're going to go all the way till May of next year. That's right, it's a whole school year. Nine months, we are going to systematically work our way through the Bible, and we're going to go deep to help you learn two things. Number one, what is the story of the Bible? And number two, what does that story say about us living in our world? Those two things. Now, I'm just going to pause right there, because I think you're all feeling different things right now. Some of you are excited. You like reading the Bible. You like to learn about the Bible. You like to go deep. So this is really awesome. But I'm also thinking there are people listening and watching and you have a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. And if I can verbalize this, it sounds something like this. Oh no. <laughs> They're gonna try to make me read the Bible. Oh no, there's gonna be a reading plan, isn't it? Are they gonna hand out journals? Will there be stickers and t-shirts? <laughs> Email message every day reminding me to read. Ah. I'm going to come to Sunday, and I'm going to walk out feeling guilty because I did not read the previous week. Oh, no. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you feel this way because the Bible, that just isn't your thing, right? And, and there's many reasons why that's the case, right? So some of you are like, I read the Bible. I tried it. It didn't do anything for me. Or for others, like, oh, it's, it's, it's boring. It doesn't make sense. It's ancient. It's irrelevant. Or it's got stuff in there that's just hateful and prejudiced. Or I think the, the simplest explanation of all, I'm a busy person. I really don't have time for this. Does that resonate with any of you? Don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> okay. But if that's what you're feeling, let me say this to you. Welcome to Blackout Church. We are so glad you're here. This is not a place where you have to go gung-ho about the Bible. Okay? You don't have to go rah-rah about the Bible to be part of this community. We as a community, we know that reading the Bible is not easy. It is challenging. And you have many reasons why you might not want to invest time to read the Bible. Trust me, I know. Because that used to be me. I used to hate the thought of reading the Bible. Now, some of you are having a hard time believing me right now. Because what you know about me is that I'm the lead teaching pastor of this church. I teach the Bible for a living. Right, before I came here, I was teaching the Bible at UW and other settings. In fact, I spent close to 20 years in graduate school learning about the Bible. Nobody put a gun to my head. Nobody forced me. I went into student loan debt to read the Bible. <laughs> so yes, I confess, I like reading the Bible. But it wasn't always this way. 
I can still very clearly remember a time when the very thought of the reading the Bible just gave me the heebie-jeebies, like, oh, man. Reading the Bible is such a chore. It's a drag. It's an obligation. And when I did read it, it was boring or it made no sense. I got to tell you, okay, if, if somebody like back then had told me, Charles, one day you're going to be a pastor teaching people about the Bible, I would have laughed in their face, and so would have everybody else in my church. <laughs> Not kidding you. You see, here's why I hated reading the Bible, because back then, this is how I understood the Bible. From whatever reasons people taught me, here's what I thought was in the Bible. There were two things, right? The Bible first had rules. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of rules. Hundreds of rules. The Bible is a book of rules, a book of do's and don'ts. Some of the older rules don't apply anymore. Not sure why, doesn't matter. What matters is that these rules are really, 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 really strict. Super strict. So strict that there's no way you can keep them, no way you can follow them. But God cares about them. So when I break the rules, which I'm told I'm constantly doing, well, that's called sin. And sin's bad news. Sin gets you punished. Okay? And that gets us the second thing that I thought was in the Bible, which of course is the cross. Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins, so I'm not no longer punished. I can be forgiven. So two things in the Bible, rules, and when I break them, the cross. Oh, there's a third thing. There's a guilt. Jesus died for your sins, Charles. The least you can do is read the Bible and follow the rules better. <laughs> is it any wonder that I hated reading the Bible? And so there I was in the sophomore year of my college years, and I was walking away from the Christian faith. Okay. Now today people use the term deconstructing their faith. We didn't use that term back then, but that's what I was doing. I was walking away from a faith, a book, a church that was all about rules. And then a whole series of things happened I can't go into in detail. But one of the things that happened, somebody told me, Charles, you're reading the Bible wrong. The Bible is not a book of rules. The Bible is a story. The Bible is a story. Now, now what does that matter? How does that change anything? Well, first, for one thing, when you read the Bible as a story, the rules, they kind of decrease in importance, right? They become de-emphasized. I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying there's no rules in the Bible. I'm not saying that. There is a system of ethics in the Bible. There is right and wrong in the Bible. But when you read the Bible as a story, the rules, they, they decrease in emphases. And when you read the Bible as a story, what happens is it brings into focus two critical elements. Number one, there are characters in the story. Oh, wait a minute. It's a story. There are characters. There's God and there's people, and they get to know each other, and they get to trust each other, and they learn from each other, and they work together. And before you know it, they have a relationship with each other. And so when you read the Bible as a story, what gets foregrounded, what gets into focus is the story invites us to develop a relationship with God, the main character of the story. Reading the Bible as a story gets you into a relationship with the main character of the story. The second thing that comes into focus, the story has a plot. Yeah, 
It's a storyline. Events are not happening willy-nilly. They're building on top of each other. The story of the Bible is God doing stuff in our world, and it isn't just kind of random stuff. It's progressing. It's moving forward. It's going somewhere. And when you read a story like that, what does that do? That story then invites us to enter into the storyline and let the story define us and shape our lives. Okay, that sounds kind of weird, right? Entering into the storyline of the Bible. That sounds kind of weird, sounds kind of hazy. What does that mean, Charles? I, I've taught this concept in, in various other settings, and, and people ask me, like, okay, what do you mean by that? And they come up with different ways to think about it. So, so some people, they, they used to ask me, like, okay, Charles, are you talking about, like, like Star Trek fans? You know how they, like, dress up in Trekkie costumes? And they go to convention and they're pretending that they're characters in the story, right? Or if you know, or Star Wars, if you're, if you're, that's your, you know, your, your preference, or, or or the magical world of, of Harry Potter. Did you know, by the way, that there's a platform nine and three quarter painted on a pillar on the UW campus? <laughs> I wonder how many people like try to run through it and end up in the ER. <laughs> but <laughs> Charles, they, they ask. The idea of using your imagination to, entering, to enter into a fictional universe, is that what you're talking about? And my response usually, drop the word fictional and you're getting close. Let me show you what I'm talking about. All right. This is the table of contents for the Bible. One first glance is to tell you a lot of information. Number one, the Bible is not a single book, it's a collection of 66 books divided into two sections, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Not written by one person, oh no. Over 40 authors and editors crafted these books. Not written at one time or place, it's written over in, in, a, in over a span of 1,500 years on three different continents. Not surprisingly, three different languages. Classical Hebrew, Aramaic, and Koine Greek. The last of these books, Last of them was written close to 2,000 years ago. There's a lot of different kind of stuff in the Bible. Lots of different genre, lots of different material. There are stories about a family. There's, there's court history of, a, of, a, of an ancient kingdom. There is regulations on how to do animal sacrifices. There's genealogy. There, there's, a, there's speeches from ancient preachers. There are philosophical work on the problem of evil. Stories about Jesus, letters written to churches in the first century, and there's even a book on erotic poetry. Hmm. <laughs> now, on first glance, then, the Bible looks like a grab bag of different kinds of stuff. However, built within it, there is an inherent structure of, in the Bible. Let me show you. This is the structure of the Old Testament. Okay. So, it starts with the book Genesis, and it tells the story of creation. And, but if you notice, if you read Genesis, it doesn't stop, it keeps going. It goes right into Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, and it ends here with the exile of God's people. It's one story. If you read it, you'll notice it. it's one continuous story. It was edited that way. It was crafted that way. And so Bible scholars, they call this entire collection primary history. There is a second story in the Old Testament. It's Chronicles through Ezra and Nehemiah. This, this really isn't much of a story. A lot of it's genealogy, a lot of random stuff. It's kind of written as a supplement, right, to give you more information about primary history. And it goes a little further. It goes into the return of God's people from exile. 
That's the second story in the Old Testament. Primary history is the narrative backbone of the Old Testament. All the other books, they're like, they hang off this backbone, backbone like, like organs or muscles. Okay? So let me show you what I mean by that. So for example, there's a guy in primary history. Um, his name is Isaiah. So you can sh go ahead and show the next slide. There we go. Oh, come back. <laughs> this guy right here. Okay. His name is Isaiah. Okay. He is a minor character in primary history. He shows up in 2 Kings 19 and 20. A couple of stories about him. Not a big deal. Well, guess what? There's a huge book about him in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, 66 chapters. It is massive. It's stories about, about him, things he's written, speeches he's given, all about Isaiah. And it's a critically important book. So, so to help you understand that, think like, like if Star Wars, guys, okay? So you have the stories of Star Wars saga. In it, there's a minor character named Boba Fett, right? Well, what happened? Well, Disney Plus decided to do a series on Boba Fett. So there's an entire series just on this one minor character. And what goes on is you have this series that fills in the narrative world created by the main storyline. That's what's happening in the Old Testament. You have the main storyline, and then you have all these other books that are plugged into the story. So, for example, Isaiah was not the only one, right? There's other people like Isaiah showing up. Um, they're called prophets. They're a bunch of preachers in, 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 during this time period. And they come and they speak and they show up in the story briefly, quickly, a couple of verses here and there. And there's entire books about them. Entire books capturing their sermon, capturing their life and their stories. And all of this gives you a sense of what life was like back then. And gives you a sense of, of what the story really, really, really is like. It enriches the story. It populates the story. You have the book of Psalms, hymnic literature. The book of Psalms is a collection of personal prayers of a whole bunch of these characters. Wisdom literature. The people of God during this time, they were writing literature. They were, they were asking the big question, what is life? What is death about? What about evil? What about the problem of evil? And so they were considering all this. So this is what's going on. One dominant narrative storyline, all the other books plugging into it. That's the structure of the Old Testament. It's the same structure of the New, in the New Testament. Take a look. Four stories this time. Four stories of Jesus. One of them extends into the early church history. There's a main storyline here. And all the other books in the New Testament, well, they're all letters. Letters written by people that we know about from these stories, most of them, and written to churches happening in this period. Once again, a collection of, 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 of literature that's filling in information and enriching our understanding of this entire narrative world. And so when you put the whole Bible together, this is what you have. Here's primary history. It tells a story. It is the bulk of the story right here, folks. And the story then have the concluding chapter, the four stories of Jesus plus the story of the church. That's the concluding chapter to the story. This is the dominant storyline. And then you have all these collections, letters, psalms, prophets, wisdom literature. They all plug in, providing complexity and richness to the narrative world. This is what we mean when we say the, the Bible is a story. This is the structure of the Bible. Okay, 
Now, what does it mean to read the Bible like this? I mean, what exactly does this do? Well, first of all, it identifies the storyline. Yeah, the Bible has a storyline. The Bible has a storyline. And <clears throat> it's important for us to know what that storyline is. Before I go see a movie or watch one online, I go to IMDb, I check out the rating, I also look at the synopsis. Because I want to know what kind of a story this is, right? Before I subject myself for two hours into this particular movie, I want to know what kind of a story I'm walking into. Well, reading the Bible is the same thing. Before you read the Bible, you should have a sense of what kind of a story is this. So here is a synopsis of the Bible. Warning, there are spoilers. God has a plan for a harmonious world ruled by humans in community with Him. The humans rebel against God, leading to a corrupted, broken world. God calls ancient Israel into existence to live out God's character, to woo the rebellious world back to Him. Israel rebels against her calling, and God sends her into exile. God sends his son Jesus to become the king of the restored Israel, the church. God empowers the church to live out God's character to woo the rebellious world back to him. Jesus returns and establishes a harmonious world ruled by humans who are united with him and empowered by him. That's a synopsis of the story of the Bible. That's the story we want you to know. We, we want you to know this and be able to tell it. Okay, so, so I'm going to go over it again. We're going to review it again right now, right here, right now. Okay? So if somebody were to ask you, what's, what's the Bible about? Okay, what would you say? Here's what we want you to say. <laughs> the Bible is a story about the creator God of the universe and his plan for humanity. It is a plan for a harmonious world ruled by humans in community with him. But the human beings, they rebel against God, leading to a corrupted, broken world. But this God does not leave creation in corruption and brokenness. And so he calls a people into existence, a people called ancient Israel, and he gives them a job. Individually and as a society, live out my character to woo the world back to me. But the people say no. Ancient Israel rebels against God, and so God sends her into exile, showing that humanity will not, indeed cannot, follow God. So God sends his son, Jesus, into the world, not just to become human, but to become the king the king that calls together a renewed Israel called the church, a new community. And by his death and his resurrection, he now empowers this new community, this new group of people to do the same job, to live out God's character, to woo this world back to him. 
And the story of the Bible tells us that the story is going to end when Jesus returns and establishes kingdom on this earth and creates this harmonious world full of people who are connected to him and empowered by him. That's the story of the Bible. Seven plot points. Okay, seven plot points. We want you to know this. God's plan for humanity. The humans rebel. God chooses a people. God's people rebel. Jesus the king, the empowered church. God's mission accomplished. Here's a question. What kind of a story is this? Before jumping into the Bible, know what kind of a story is it? What kind of a story is this? Well, it's a big story, right? It's a big story. I mean, if you think about it, how often do you run across stories, books, movies, TV, that begins with the creation of the universe and ends with a broken world completely restored? It's a big story. It's an epic story. And if this story is true, if this story is true, it should change how you see everything in this world. So let me lay our cards on the table right here. Here at Blockhouse Church, we believe that this story is the correct, true story of our world. That it provides the correct explanation for why the world is broken the way it is, and it lays out the only hope for the church moving forward. Only church for the world moving forward. What kind of story is this? This is a story that looks squarely at the cruelty, the injustice, and the darkness of the human heart. It's unflinching, and it does not look away. You're going to read the Bible, and you're going to find passages in there that's going to be revolting, that's going to be nauseating, that's going to make you angry. You're going to go, what is this doing in the Bible? And then you remember the trite. The Bible is a story that does not whitewash, does not sugarcoat. What kind of a story is this? The Bible is a story of hope. Because even though the story confronts us with the darkness of the human heart, it has the main character, a God who is relentless and who will do what is right and will get things done. So the story never wallows in the darkness. It always trends toward hope. What kind of story is this? It is a story of love. The story of God's love for his creation. The story of a stubborn God who will not let the people he created fall into corruption and death and brokenness, and so he will do what it takes. He will show up. He will take action. He will establish relations. He will cajole. He will persuade. He will do miracles. He will build from scratch an entire kingdom, and when all else fails, he will dive into his own creation and die to save it. What kind of a story is this? It is a story that you might think is, oh, it's so big and so big in scope and so grand that it's always dealing with people, the big people in the world, big powerful people, not like us, and you'd be wrong. You see, in the story, God is always encountering everyday people, people like you and me, and he's inviting them into a relationship. He says to them, hey, get to know me. Get to know me. Learn to trust me. And if you want... I will claim you as my son and daughter, and I will empower you to live out my life. 
And you and those others can build a community together, and with me, empowered by me, we will shine light on this broken world. What kind of a story is this? This is a scary story. Not in boo, horror kind of a sense, no. In the sense that this is a story that can radically redefine your identity and how you see yourself. It can drastically transform your values and what you think is important and will completely reshape your dream about your future. If you jump into the story and let the story grab a hold of you, you will never be the same again. That kind of scary. This is the story we want to read this year. This is the story we want you to know. And this is the story that God wants us to live out. And so the title of the series is Live This Book. We want to teach you the stories, the seven plot lines, week by week. You're going to know it. You're going to learn it by the end of this whole series. You're going to know it so well. And, 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 but the point is this. We're going to go beyond that because it's, it's not called Know This Book. It's called Live This Book. So we're going to invite you to enter into the storyline of the Bible. Now, what do I mean by that? Look at the story, right? The story goes like this and travels this way. Where are we in the story? We're right there. We are right there in the story. The story of the Bible extends forward. We're in chapter six of a seven chapter story. We are right there. Story of God extends into the present time, right here, right now, Blackhawk Church, all of us. We are people who are getting to know the God. We have a relationship with the God who created the universe, who got this thing going. We're living in the aftermath of this broken world. And we are taking up the mantle and taking on the mission given to God's original people. And we are following Jesus the King. And we have been empowered by him to do his mission. God is writing his story right now, 2022, in Madison, right here, right now. The story continues. And so how are we supposed to live here? What does it look like to live this book? Know the story. The story has a trajectory. Knowing what's come before and knowing what is to come helps us understand how to live every single day of our lives. So this is what we're going to do in this series, okay? We're gonna, we have 35 Sundays coming up, and we're going to divide these 35 Sundays into these seven chapters. So four weeks coming up on God's plan for humanity. And every one of those weeks, we're going to talk about what God has in mind, and we're going to tackle theme by theme. For example, next Tuesday, we're going to talk about God as a relational God. Okay? Now, this theme doesn't just show up here. It's a theme that goes all the way through the Bible. We see it all the way through the story that God is connecting. Okay? God is a God who's looking for relationships. Think about that. The creator God of the universe is like a freshman first week in the dorms, looking for connections looking for intimate relationships, friendships, friendship, relationships of loyalty. The God of the universe wants to connect with you. He wants a relationship with you. Do you think that's going to be relevant for your life? If the focus of the series is on life, life transformation, then 
coming to hear a talk on Sunday or streaming and during the week, that's only one part of this. Okay. We're gonna ask you to engage. Right. So yes, there is a reading plan. <laughs> Actually, there are three reading plans. We have the reading plan from 2012 called Eat This Book. It's a one-year plan where you read through the whole Bible in one year. We have Love This Book reading plan from 2017, and that is you read kind of a big chunk of the Bible. It's kind of a curated reading plan for a whole year. And then this year, we're introducing the Story of God reading plan. It's a 30-day reading plan, and it gives you the gist of the biblical story. This is a plan where you can pick and choose. You can like, okay, you can, you can take a break and come back, or you can read through it multiple times. Why through reading plans? Because we're all in different places when it comes to reading the Bible. We're in different places. Some of us have read it multiple times. Some of, some of us just getting into it. So which one should you choose? Very easy. Choose the one that you think you can get through. And if you, one doesn't work, just pick another one. See, here's the thing. Maybe this is my story, okay? But what I don't want is anybody to feel guilty because they messed on a plan. Okay, that's what, not what I want. That's my story. That's not what's supposed to happen. Okay? Pick a plan that works for you and go for it. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. Right. We said it very early on. Reading the Bible is challenging. Uh, we say here at Black Oak all the time, the Bible's not written to us, but for us. Why is it hard? Because Bible is ancient literature. Think about it. How many of you find it easy to read Shakespeare? Anybody? Okay, English teachers, put, put your hands down. <laughs> the rest of us, how many of you find it easy to read Shakespeare? <laughs> how many of you just have in your back pocket? Oh, yeah, just breeze right through it. No, Shakespeare is hard to read, right? Why? Because it's old. Different language, different culture, different social practices. It's hard to read because it's over 400 years old. Well, guess what? The Bible is 2,000 years old. You find the Bible difficult to read? Join the club. <laughs> Not saying it's too hard that you shouldn't try. Because right now, we're actually living in the, one of the best times to, to read the Bible. There are so many tools available to help you. Great translations, uh, books in print, great stuff online. There's podcasts, there's, there's, there's YouTube videos. It's a great time. We're going to have a lot of tools available in our website for you. But I want to introduce to you, to you one particular new tool. It is called the Blackhawk Church Next Steps Podcast. We are doing a weekly podcast. Now, let me just pause here and make sure you can get this, okay? Um, this is a new podcast that is distinct from our sermon podcast. So if you want to get access to this, you need to subscribe to it. You need to search for Blackhawk Church Next Steps Podcast to be able to subscribe to it. And what's going to happen is, after the talk, there's going to be a podcast where we talk about the theme from the previous Sunday. We're going to have the speaker there, possibly. We're going to have interviews with people. We're going to have talk about spiritual practices, questions that arise during your reading, and you can actually send questions to podcast at blockcutchurch.org, and they're going to answer questions right on the podcast. So recommend checking this out. Okay. My point is pretty simple. Yeah, the Bible is not easy. It's not a book you can just pick up and breeze right through it. To read it requires intentionality, but it's doable, and it's worth it. Now, some of you are thinking, yeah, my problem with the Bible is not just that it's too hard to read. My problem with the Bible is that there are things in there that I just disagree with. 
And I've talked to enough of you to know that. That's many of you thinking that way. And many of you feel like you can't talk about that at church or with other Christians because you feel like you're going to be judged. Because you feel like it's wrong to say, I disagree with the Bible. So let me try to make this as clear as I can. You can disagree with the Bible. If you read the Bible carefully, all the way through, and you agree with everything, something is very, 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 very wrong. Because we, we are shaped by 21st century American culture. Okay, we're steeped in American values. And do you think that's gonna mesh with biblical values, God's values? Heck no. If you read the Bible and you don't feel tension, either you're not reading very carefully, or you're twisting the Bible to make it mean what you, mean, what you want it to mean. Something is wrong. So let me make this clear. You can read the Bible and disagree with it and still follow Jesus. How do I know that? The Bible tells me. <laughs> I mean, the stories of the Bible, the, the, the Bible's full of stories of some of God's closest friends, closest partners who disagree with him vehemently on his goals and on his methods. People like Abraham, Moses, Jeremiah, Job, Jonah, Peter, they disagree with God. And you know what? God's okay with that. You know why? Because when they disagree with him, when they argue with him, when they're struggling with him, they get closer to God. They get to know God more. And eventually they come to love God more. So yeah, if you disagree with the Bible, get in line. But don't stop reading. Keep reading, keep asking questions, keep struggling with God, and let God and the Holy Spirit work it out with you. I still remember the first time I read the Bible as a story. It was the junior year of my college. It was spring semester of my junior year. Um, I set aside 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night, every night, to read the Bible. I read it as a story. I was astounded by what I found. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was reading. What I learned was that God wasn't interested in minor tweaks in my life. <sighs> sin, a little, sin a little less, do a little more good. God wasn't trying to manage my behavior by, by, by threatening me with punishment or, or tempting me with rewards. God doesn't want me to toe the line grudgingly. No. He calls me to an entirely different kind of life. A life that is powerful, creative, brave, lived with integrity, without envy, without shame, without insecurity, without fear, a life that reflects his life. Because he wants to claim me as his son and wants to invite me to partner with him to shine light into this broken world. I read the Bible as a story, and I tell you, my life has never been the same. A Christian philosopher named Dallas Willard wrote, to belong to God, to be taken up into what he is doing in the world so that what he is doing becomes your life is the greatest opportunity one will ever have. 
I'm offering you that opportunity today. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to enter into the storyline of the Bible. And maybe, maybe invitation doesn't work for you. Then I challenge you. I double-dog dare you. <laughs> Jump into the story with us. Let me pray for us. Father, I was just reminded of how your story, your Bible changed my life in prepping the sermon. I, I, <laughs> I look back and see what it's done for me, and I'm shocked, awed, and I'm grateful. And Father, I pray that as we do go through this series together as a community, for the power of your spirit, for transformation, for understanding who we are in the story and to find our place in it so that we see the world differently, as we see ourselves differently and to know you and love you in a way that we've never done before. We pray for depth and we pray for joy of knowing you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.